Hello and welcome to the Saturday edition of the Stripe Pipe Podcast. I am your host and editor, Travis Steffen. And today we're going to do a little bit of talking about the offense and our expectations for the offense in 2018. Um, I also want to go over uh, what Pro Football Focus you know, rated the Bengals draft as an 83.8, which I thought was a little low. Uh, so we're going to get into some of that. We're going to go over what A.J. Green is saying at, at camp. So let's dive into that. And first, I want to talk about the retaining of Marvin Lewis. This was something that everybody was pissed about. Let, let's be honest. Nobody liked Marvin Lewis coming back for his 16th year. You know, 15 years, no playoff victories. You've been seven times. And now you have two seasons in a row of losing seasons so what what justified to brown that we should bring him back and i think a lot of that had to do with the last two games of the season knocking the lions and the ravens out of the playoffs both sides of the ball played really well surprisingly with nothing really to play for but i think a lot of it had to do with marvin lewis had to go to brown and tell him that what he wanted to change, what he was willing to do to make changes in this organization. And they had to have come to an agreement and Brown had to, you know, I know he doesn't like change and, you know, changing up coaches and stuff like that, but he had to believe in what Lewis was pitching to him. And while we were not happy with what, what went down there, you know, we all wanted someone new to come in and to give us a fresh start. But when you look at what Lewis has done and what the Bengals organization overall has done this offseason, it's it's actually pretty good. There's a lot to be optimistic about. Uh, you got a lot of new coaches coming in, whether that's your defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin. You got a new offensive line coach and Frank Pollock from the Dallas Cowboys. You got a lot of positional coaches that are changing on defense. So now you also have Bill Lazor getting his first full offseason as an offensive coordinator, getting a chance to develop a playbook of his own, put his own stamp on it. So I think that that will bring out a lot in the Cincinnati Bengals offense that was absolutely just dreadful to watch last season. Um, I think that everybody is looking a lot at what we had last year. And considering we didn't bring in any new playmakers other than maybe Mark Walton who's going to be your third running back on the depth chart not too many people are optimistic and a lot of people weren't optimistic about you know the Bengals shying away from grabbing more offensive linemen in the early rounds and you know we talked about that in the first podcast uh, when we were going over the the draft class and what the Bengals did and first off I'd like to apologize I noticed there was a gap in the recording so we're going to pay real close attention to make sure that doesn't happen again. I'm sorry, guys. First episode, we'll get it fixed. But I want to talk about why the Bengals didn't go with the more offensive linemen. I think they felt that outside of what they saw in the first round, they had needs elsewhere. And I think that I think the Bengals looked at the offensive line class and they were not as high on it as a lot of us fans were. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fans that were asking, you know, why they didn't pick up some of these guys that were still left. Um, but honestly, when I when I go back and look at the the roster for the offensive line, I don't, I'm not really worried that they didn't 
Um, I don't think that you're going to fix four out of five positions on an offensive line and have success the very next season. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, but they, they did bring in some talent to not only be immediate starters, whether that's left tackle Cordy Glenn from the Buffalo Bills, who, when healthy, is a top 10 left tackle. I think that significantly raised the bar for left tackle, and that's the most important position, arguably, on the offensive line is protecting Andy Dalton's blind side. So that was a huge upgrade right before free agency opened up. Moved the Bengals back nine spots in the first round, which made the Billy Price selection not a reach. If the, if the Bengals would have grabbed a center at 12th overall, that would have been a reach. You know, there, there's plenty of other players that would have been a bigger acquisition at that spot. So moving back actually helped them. And, and it really did. If you look at it, you, you can look at it in the sense that for that first round pick, they got two significant upgrades on the offensive line in Cordy Glenn and Billy Price, who is going to be extremely more impactful than Russell Bodine. But anyways, I think that... You know, you look at the right side of the line, and a lot of people look over the fact that we brought in Bobby Hart. I think that he is going to play a significant role in training camp and preseason, fighting for that right tackle spot. And, you know, I know that the Giants were terrible last year. I know that the whole organization was terrible last year. But go back a year before and look at them when they went to the playoffs. Bobby Hart was their right tackle, and he did a pretty good job that year. So bringing him in, I, I'm not sure why he gets overlooked. Maybe, you know, Cordy Glenn being the bigger uh, acquisition, maybe that's why. But I never really did see a whole lot of talk about Bobby Hart. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. I think that he will um, give a good competition in camp with him and Jake Fisher. Uh, I also think that the Bengals feel that they can develop either Westerman or Redman. So... If they think that they can get some more out of these guys who haven't had a significant amount of time on the field, why not take that chance? Why not try and develop those guys with your new offensive, court, offensive line coach and try and fix that instead of going out and just replacing them? You know, if, if you think you have something in these guys that you've already got on your squad, you don't have to waste a early round pick or you know go out in free agency and make a signing you got guys that have been in your offense for a couple of years now so why not give them a chance you know guys that did really well in the last two games of the season get let them battle it out in camp and see who starts let's see what this offensive line looks like and so i i really i think the offensive line is going to take a huge step forward this year and I'm not, apparently I'm not the only one, you know, AJ Green talked with Sporting News the other day and, you know, I put up an article about this and he talked about everything from the offensive line, from the receivers group, from the coaches to the quarterback, everything. So it's a great read. You should definitely check it out. But when it came to the offensive line, he said, and I quote, last year, the line wasn't a strong point. Getting Price and Cordy really beefs up the line. Everything for us starts up front. Last year, Andy was getting a lot of pressure. This is really going to help us out with the running game and big plays down the field that we didn't have last year. 
That's a huge factor. They didn't have the opportunity to throw the ball downfield last year. And so the just these guys that we've already seen, Bobby Hart, Cordy Glenn, Billy Price, that's a, that's a good haul of offensive linemen to repair a line that struggled immensely last season. So let's see what those guys can do before we, you know, get mad at the Bengals for not addressing another offensive lineman that probably wouldn't have even started. You know, especially guys like I saw a lot of it, you know, when they selected Mark Mark Walton in the fourth round. Are you really expecting to find an offensive lineman that is going to be ready to start day one? Because day three picks are usually developmental players. So I'm not just going to go blow another pick on a guy that I don't think is ready that needs some development when I already got some of those guys already on my team. So I'm okay with them only grabbing one in the early rounds and then not again till the seventh round because I think that they feel comfortable with what they have on that offensive line. And Frank Pollock had to have talked to the staff and the Bengals organization and been comfortable enough because I don't think that if he felt that he couldn't get something out of either right guard or right tackle, I highly doubt that they would have skipped it until the seventh round. So let's have a little bit of faith. I know it's it's hard with the Bengals sometimes, but let's have a little faith and let's see what that offensive line looks like. And when you when you go back to when you go back to Marvin Lewis, and you know we talked about not being happy about that. Um, you know I talked about how he's made a huge amount of changes. You know we're not used to seeing the Bengals going and getting guys from other organizations. They usually just develop their own players, re-sign their own players, and it hasn't worked. And while, yes, that is a great system, and a lot of teams do it, you have to build through free agency as well. It doesn't have to be like what the Rams are doing this year, but look at look at some of the teams, or just look at the last five years. Look at teams that not have won the Super Bowl, but have been to the Super Bowl, even the losers, the last five years. Something they all have in common is they brought in players that year from free agency. Look at the Eagles. They had, I think it was 11 starters in the Super Bowl that were free agents the offseason before. Okay, I'm not saying that the Bengals need to go out and get 11 new guys out of free agency. That is definitely not the case. They definitely don't have those kind of holes. But considering that they have completely shied away from free agency over the years with Marvin Lewis as their head coach, I think that says a lot. I think that, you know, you you go into free agency and you see what you can get. You don't have to get the big, big names. But go in there and see what you can find. See what would work well with your team. And then, like this year, bringing in Preston Brown, trading for Cordy Glenn, or you know, acquiring Bobby Hart, bringing those kind of guys into this organization left the draft a lot more wide open to where the Bengals could get the guys that they thought were the best players available. They didn't have to go for certain positions. While they definitely addressed a lot of the positions that they needed to, they weren't forced or being forced to reach in the draft because they already brought guys in that allowed them to be a little more wide open picture. 
have the board in front of them of best players available and select from that instead of reaching for a player that just fits your need but isn't quite what, you know, maybe it's not a good class at that position. Okay, so free agent, free agency helps to plug some of those holes of need right away. These are players that, yes, you're probably going to overspend. That's pretty much what happens in free agency is you overspend. But you know what the player is already. He's already played in the NFL. You know exactly what he is. It's, it's not like the, the draft where everything is a crapshoot. We don't like to admit it. Every year we get excited about almost every single player that our team drafts and thinks they're going to be the next great player at that position. Half these guys are probably going to end up in duds. You know, if you can get half of your draft class to turn out to be starters for years down the road, that's a good haul. And a lot of a lot of casual fans do not understand that and do not think that kind of way. So whenever you, whenever I'm sitting here telling you that, you know, half these guys might turn out to be duds, that's probably pissing you off right now. But that's not saying they are going to be. I have a lot of high expectations for a lot of these players. I like these players, you know, especially going back and looking over all of them. There's a lot of players I like on this team. But Marvin Lewis has been so scared to make those moves in free agency. That's just not his way of doing things. But this year, he's changed a lot of that. Brought in a lot of new coaching staff, gone through free agency, been aggressive in the draft. And even A.J. Green has noticed a difference in Lewis. And he said at camp, still talking to Sporting News, we didn't have the couple games we needed to get into the playoffs. But in those last two games, we played unbelievable. We're trying to carry that momentum into this year. Green is challenging players in a fashion that feels like it's his first season on the job. He says that the entire vibe is different with new coaches, new players. Everybody seems hungry. Now tell me you don't get excited hearing that coming from your star wide receiver. Yes, some of that is a lot of the the football BS, you know, the, the typical media response. But I don't think that he would say that Lewis is coaching like it's his first year on the job. He's The coaches are holding players accountable. I don't think he'd say stuff like that if he didn't really mean it or see it. So the fact that we're seeing players being held accountable, that you know Lewis is being aggressive in camp and wanting to get stuff done, that's fantastic. You know, I get that we're not happy about Marvin Lewis still being here, but there's nothing we can do to change that. So let's be a little optimistic that we're seeing some change. I'm not saying you have to have optimism that this team is going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you should be happy that you're seeing change. So Green also talked about Bill Lazor, your offensive coordinator, who stepped in in week week three. Yeah, week three. Last year, never really got to, you know, put his stamp on the offense. And now that he has gotten a full offseason to look at his roster, look at, you know, how he wants to run this offense, change how the offense looks, put his real stamp on this offense, we're going to see a lot of changes. And I know that Lewis has already hinted at some changes. I've heard from a few different sources about, you know, them running more, 
run pass options or RPOs, which I think would be incredible for this offense. While Andy Dalton is not your Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, I do think he is athletic enough to run the ball here and there. And when you run those run pass options, you're forcing the defense to respect the fact that it could be a run, which slows down your pass rushers. It also allows for another runner. This also means that you're going to see Joe Mixon in the in the backfield in shotgun more often, which is where he succeeds. Do not put him behind a fullback all season and have him running between the tackles. Yes, he can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He can do a lot of things, but having him trying to run behind a fullback, which is more old school football and starting to dwindle out of the NFL. Why? You know, this is something that really bugged me about laser last year. You know, I know that it wasn't his playbook, but he was still calling the plays and he failed to utilize his running backs properly. And we've seen this over the last couple of years. Mixon never really got utilized properly. You know, Jeremy Hill pretty much was out there for the first uh, drive at, you know, the start of the game and at halftime, and that was it. You know, they pretty much gave up on him, which was pretty obvious. I don't understand, you know, why not just give Joe Mixon the ball then, but whatever. You got Giovanni Bernard. You have players in this backfield, and now Mark Walton, who I think is a huge playmaker. I just put up a an article on Friday about what he brings to this team, so go check that out. I think that he is going to bring a lot more than you guys are realizing if you do not like that pick. But we need to see them utilize these running backs properly. We need to see them actually run the dang ball. Last year, they ranked 29th in rushing attempts. Yes, I get it. The offensive line was horrible. Okay. That doesn't mean that you just completely go away from the run game. If the defense knows you're going to pass almost every single play... Guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get very far. You have to run the ball. You have to give Mixon these opportunities to make plays. He is a playmaker. He was one of the highest rated running backs coming out of last year's draft class. Give him those opportunities. So that is one thing that kind of worries me about Bill Lazor. You know, being a quarterback's coach, I know he likes to pass the ball. All this kind of stuff. We saw last year him go away from the run game. What are they going to do this year? Are they going to let Mixon, Bernard, and even Walton run the ball more? They absolutely should. Absolutely should. So that is something that is a worry to me, I guess. But I think that, you know, I want to get back on to why I think this offense is going to be better. And I talked about there's not... A whole lot of playmakers coming in. But at the same time, you look at it, you're going to have John Ross healthy for the first time since becoming a Bengal. He was never healthy last year. And between not being healthy and not getting many opportunities to prove himself last year, we've seen him all offseason working out with wide receivers from around the league working with former Bengals wide receivers. And now we have Green saying that he's got his confidence back. 
that he's worked incredibly hard this offseason, and it's unbelievable how hard he has worked and how healthy and explosive he is again. That's another thing I don't think that Green would say if he didn't truly see it. So if Green's getting excited about Ross coming in and being healthy and looking explosive, I sure am. I'm one of the few people that actually still have confidence that John Ross can be an excellent playmaker in this offense. Okay, and that brings me to my next point. And I discussed this with a lot of you guys whenever I first took over the site in March. I want Brandon LaFell gone. I'm not saying he is this terrible receiver, but this is a player who's in his 30s, and he's taking away snaps from your young receivers. Okay? He is not anything but average. And you saw last year what he did with, uh, you know, A.J. Green not being, or not A.J. Green, sorry, but Tyler Eifert not being on the field. We saw what that looked like. He didn't step up. You know what happened? A.J. Green just got double coverage and the offense couldn't go anywhere. There was no other playmaker for Andy Dalton to get the ball to. In fact, without Tyler Eifert taking more catches away from him, LaFell did worse last year than he did the year before when he had more of Green and Eifert combination. So I want Brandon LaFell gone. I think they should cut him, save the $4 million, be done with it. You have five receivers, unless you want to count Auden Tate. That's six. That's six receivers with two or less years of experience. Why are these guys not getting any more, any more snaps? I get John Ross being hurt all last year. John Ross should be your number one option across from A.J. Green. He should be getting the bulk load of those snaps. If he is not then why did you draft him ninth overall? And even if you don't like the pick, you drafted him ninth overall. You have to at least try it out, okay? I think that John Ross gives you more explosive, more speed, more opportunities to pull coverage away from A.J. Green, from Tyler Eifert, than any other receiver on this roster, including Brandon LaFell. And the reason I don't want LaFell even on the roster is because there's, there's still other receivers that need more snaps. you got Tyler Boyd, who has, you know, made some really good plays, especially against the Ravens, to win it in Week 17. A guy who has had very little opportunity to prove himself. Let these guys get their opportunity. You have spent a lot of draft capital in the first two rounds... In the last six, seven years, or even the last two years, three years. Tyler Boyd was a second round pick. Get these guys their opportunity and quit wasting your time on a guy who we know what he is. We know that he is average. That he's getting old. We know we're not going to keep him around after this year. Move on. Save the $4 million. I'm tired of seeing Brandon LaFell. I'm sorry, I am. But I think that, you know, we, we look at A.J. Green last year and had nobody, nobody to take 
the defensive eyes off of him. There was no Tyler Eifert after week two. You didn't have John Ross on the field. You had Brandon LaFell. That's nobody to take away pressure on Green. And Green has had the worst two-season stretch of his career. In fact, I'm pretty sure 2016 was the first time that he had not hit 1,000 yards in his career. Granted, he only played 10 games. But we're looking at, he had four touchdowns in those 10 games. He had eight touchdowns last year with 1,078 yards. Now, for most receivers, that's a pretty good year. A.J. Green, not so much. I want to see somebody that can take the top off of defenses on the other side of A.J. Green, and that is John Ross. Give him that opportunity. I, 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 you can come back at the end of the season if John Ross is an absolute bust, and you can just hammer down on me for it. That's fine. I'm putting it out there right now. I think John Ross breaks out this season. And I also wrote an article that came out on Friday about John Ross replicating what William Jackson did. Yes, I get that he's a cornerback. John Ross is a receiver. But just like Jackson, having his first year taken from him due to injury, he came back in his second season and now is one of the favorite players on the Bengals team for fans. A player that was not very high for fans who they didn't really care for when they drafted him because they didn't feel that the cornerback was the real need in 2016. This guy is now a fan favorite. Can John Ross do the same thing and help this offense get back to it? And we we look at, you know, we look at Green's comments about how Bill Lazor is preaching about getting playmakers open so that they can make plays. You know, half of it is doing your job and playing well, what whatever. But a lot of it has to do with scheming people open, scheming, you know, routes to come open and for, you know, looking at the strengths and weaknesses of your players and utilizing those properly. So I really do. I really think that Bill Lazor is going to put an emphasis on John Ross this year. I think that he is going to use him to not only bring pressure off A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert, but to be a deep option and an option coming across the middle that is extremely hard for cornerbacks to cover with that kind of speed. And working on his route running this offseason, it can only get better. This is a guy... I think is going to have a breakout season. If there's anyone on the offense, I think we'll have a breakout season this year. So that is what I have for you guys today. Um, oh, actually, I do have one more thing. This stirred up a little bit of people, especially I've noticed that the Twitter followers and the Facebook followers are very different people. Um, Twitter is a little more open to having the debate on bringing in a new quarterback Whereas Facebook completely just trashes you for even mentioning another quarterback outside of Andy Dalton's throne. So I want I want to just quickly talk about Peter King's comments on MMQB. And when he went over the every team's draft class, he said that the Bengals made a mistake in the first round, not grabbing Lamar Jackson. 
Lamar Jackson is now with the Baltimore Ravens. And I think there's two sides of this. And I've been on both sides of this argument. I think that Lamar Jackson has higher potential than Andy Dalton. I do. I think he's a ridiculous athlete and has the potential to be a lot better than Andy Dalton. At the same time, he's still an unknown. He would have to run a completely different offense than Andy Dalton. And the biggest thing that I come back to is if all offseason you're preaching to the fans that you are in win-now mode and then you go out and draft Lamar Jackson, that doesn't really preach that, you know, that segment. So I, I agree with what they're doing. I think they should give Dalton one more year. One more year to show that with playmakers around you, with A.J. Green, with Tyler Eifert, with John Ross, with Joe Mixon, a lot of quarterbacks in this league do not have those kind of playmakers surrounding them. So with these additions to the offensive line, can he do it? Can he get them their first playoff win? And I think if he doesn't get your playoff win, I think you're done. I think you absolutely should start looking for other options because how much longer should Cincinnati fans have to wait for another playoff win? You know, we've, we've seen him play in the playoffs and I'm not saying, you know, this is something that gets, you know, tweaked. You guys like to, you know, kind of tweak my words whenever I, I say this and say that I'm, I'm not blaming Dalton for all the losses he's been a part of in the postseason. I'm not. I'm not saying those are all his fault. I'm saying he played terribly. He has one touchdown. One touchdown in the playoffs. Something like six interceptions. He has not played well in the playoffs. And if he cannot get over that hump this year with the amount of talent that is on this offense, I do. I think it's time to move on. But this year, I think they made the right move by grabbing Billy Price. You know, I know I was a big Frank Ragnow guy. I also liked the potential of James Daniels as well. But Billy Price is a guy that was probably the most ready right now. And that's what the Bengals need right now. They need to prove, Marvin Lewis needs to prove, and Andy Dalton need to prove to this team, to this organization, and to this fan base that they can get over this hump. And if they cannot this year, I think it's time to move on from both Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton. This is too talented of a team to be one and done in the playoffs. And the first the first or biggest obstacle is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think they can beat them. I do. I don't think the Ravens are a real contender. I don't think that the Browns are a real contender for the playoffs either. I think it is between the Bengals and the Steelers for this division, and they do have the opportunity to dethrone the Steelers. And you look at the Ravens right now, I think by drafting Lamar Jackson, they took a step back. Because now you have an organization that has agreed that Joe Flacco is their quarterback this year. Now, that could change somewhere throughout the year, but for right now, Joe Flacco is their quarterback. Well, now you have a fan base, and not only a fan base, but a locker room divided between the two quarterbacks on who they think should start, who should be the guy under center. 
now now you've got a lot of not everybody's on the same page and that's another thing that was a problem with bringing in Lamar Jackson do I think that he would have pushed Andy Dalton to play better I hope so if that would have been the case you know let's I I know that I bring up the um I've brought up the Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes thing in Kansas City look what happened there Alex Smith yeah he still got traded but he had the best season of his career. He finally started pushing the ball down the field. He was the best deep field passer last year. So if if bringing in another quarterback is going to completely derail Dalton and take his confidence away, that proves right there that he is not an elite or even above average anymore NFL quarterback. If you can't take that kind of adversity and take that kind of competition, you shouldn't be starting. So I think they made the right move. I think they should give Andy Dalton one more year, see what happens with playmakers around him with an offensive line that can actually protect him and see what happens. And hopefully this time in, in January, we are talking about the Bengals in the playoffs. But for now, we're talking about the offense being better in 2018. So that is all I got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening. The The podcast is now on iTunes, and it should be on all of your Android um, apps, however you get your podcast. If it's not, let me know. I'll get it there. So make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get these episodes every single time right when they come out. And make sure to go check out the website. We've got great stuff coming out every week. Got a lot of good stuff coming out this this coming week too. I'm I'm really excited about it. You know, we got some good writers, and we even got a new one this week. So we're I'm gonna get with him, see what he's doing. I'm gonna get these guys on the podcast, and so you can get their opinion as well. So for right now, go check out the articles. Hit that subscribe button to the podcast. Go follow us on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Stephen NFL. S T E F F E N NFL. Go find me. Start up a conversation. I love talking to you guys. I want to know what you guys want to hear about or read about. So find me anywhere you can and let's talk. Let's talk some more Bengals. Have a good weekend guys and I will talk to you guys next week.